Welcome. We are glad that you have chosen to join us today as Pastor Tim shares part one of his message from Psalm 107, 4 through 9. God feeds the poor. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Hope you have your Bible today. If you do, please take it. Turn with me to Psalm number 107. Psalm 107 is an incredible, incredible psalm. In there, it gives us four different descriptions of people in great need. I mean, in great need. And what we discover as we look through this particular chapter, in all four of those cases, that God intervenes and provides specifically for their needs. And their needs that you and I are vulnerable enough uh, to be able to face hardships that we ourselves might encounter. And yet we find out that when God's people cry out to Him, that He intervenes. Let me say this this morning. I think one of the real missing elements in the life of our church, in the life of churches like ours, is, I don't know if I want to say an ability, but at least the reality of crying out to the Lord. Now, I don't, I don't mean that we don't pray. I, I, think we, I think we pray. I think we say our prayers. But you know as well as I know that there's a far bigger difference between simply saying our prayers and crying out to the Lord. The Bible says that when I cry out to Him, that He hears in great compassion... And that he answers. The introductory verses of this particular psalm, the first three verses, really serve as an umbrella that spreads over each one of those four sections, those four groups of people. I want you to look there with me as we begin today. Look, if you will, in verse number one. He begins by saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It's an opening, gentle reminder to us that God is good all the time, that God is merciful, that God can be called out to and He can be reached for. Then He exhorts us in verses 2 and 3. This is really for us as believers. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So it's for believers everywhere, believers whoever they are. It's our responsibility then, what he's saying is, is to affirm those truths. If the truth is that God is good, it's our responsibility to affirm that. Can anybody in here affirm the truth that God is good? Is there anybody in here who can affirm the truth that God is merciful? Is there even anybody in here who needs the message that God is good and that God is merciful? Then this is just for you today. With that in mind, I want to remind you that with these four different groups of people, we're going to look at them individually over the course of these next four weeks. This first section, which begins in verse number four, 
is about a group of people that I'm going to call the poor. They're the poor. And there are two specific questions that I want to answer out of this passage. And the first question is this, who are these people? Who are the poor? When we think of the poor, we initially think about a person's level of income. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's okay. According to a recent, uh, or the most recent census that we've taken, a little over 20% of the residents in Muskogee County live under the poverty level, which simply means that for the size of their household, they're not meeting the national average. That, that kind of poverty brings with it a whole host of problems. Problems concerning housing, problems of education, problems of meals, problems of transportation, problems of job opportunities, problems of medical care, all sorts of things that just keep compounding on a person that finds themselves in that cycle. And all too often it is a cycle, isn't it? My dad was poor, I'm poor, my kids are going to be poor, my grandkids are going to be poor. And it just seems to never be able to get out of that. Here's the reality. There is a poverty that is far worse than material poverty. My dad grew up in a generation in an era where he said, we were all poor, we just didn't know it, you know? You, you, you can be materially poor and be spiritually fulfilled. Now, that's not to make light of the needs that go along with real poverty. But it reminds us that when I get to verse number 9 and he refers to the hungry soul, that there's a poverty that's far deeper than materialism. In this passage today, God gives for us or identifies uh, three things that add to the circumstances of the poor. Now, every person that's in this category is not necessarily going to find themselves uh, being categorized by every one of these three. Some will have one, some will have two, some may have all three. But here they are. Number one, the poor are hidden. The poor are hidden. Look as our text begins in verse number four. It opens with this phrase, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. We just sang about wandering in a wilderness, didn't we? But here he says, they're wandering in the wilderness in a desolate way. The word desolate means to be deserted, to be abandoned, to be alone. It means that they're out there, we just don't see them. You, you, you may find somebody holding a, a cardboard sign at, a, at an intersection or at Walmart. What's the first thing that you don't do? You don't make eye contact, right? You just turn and kind of look the other way. It's natural for us to do that. But just realize that is a genuinely real person. A person created in the image of God for whom Christ died. And I don't know the circumstances that got them there. Maybe they're self-serving and maybe they're not. 
But it makes me think of the old Keith Green song about people need the Lord. He said, every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care headed who knows where. Headed who knows where because they're wandering. They're wandering in a wilderness in a desolate way. They are hidden, but hidden in plain sight. Number two. The poor are homeless. Verse number four continues, they found no city to dwell in. When you get down to verse number seven and God begins to meet their needs, one of the needs that he meets, he says, he has provided for them a city for habitation. Listen, shelter is one of our most basic needs. And yet there are plenty of people tonight who don't know where they're going to find shelter. Throughout the state of Georgia, there are about 10,000 who don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. Numbers are hard to come by, and you almost have to take them in chunks like that. Because you can't rely on a census. You can't rely on a number of ways that we typically identify people. So there's a, there's a statewide group in Georgia that has chapters in different cities. There's a chapter here in Columbus who provides a survey that's called a point-in-time survey. I first became aware of this a few years ago when Alex wrote a story for WTVM. And he reported at that time that this point-in-time survey had identified 273 homeless persons in Muskogee and Russell counties. Now that same story, they've been following it, and so in 2020, the number was down to 259. It would be interesting to see the 2021 and how the pandemic has impacted homelessness in our area. I will tell you this, that out of all the major cities in Georgia, Columbus is doing a decent job on helping the homeless to be able to find homes. Our numbers are far less than what you find in Atlanta, what you find in Augusta, and for sure what you find in Savannah. Savannah's homeless population is about 10 times what Columbus's is. There are those who need shelter. So the poor are hidden, the poor are homeless, and then the Bible tells me, number three, that the poor are hungry. They're hungry. Even more basic than companionship or being noticed, being hidden, and even more basic than needing shelter, being homeless, I mean, as important as those things are, is the need for food. Feeding the Valley here in town reported that before the pandemic, that 10,000 children in Muskogee County were in this category of food insecure. It's one in five. You know as well as I know that that number has increased this last year. You know, it's interesting that there are children who the only breakfast that they get is the breakfast that they get at school. For some, the only lunch that they get is the lunch that they get at school. By the way, can I say this? And, and not mean anything terrible by it. I don't mean it terrible in my heart, but it's probably going to come out that way. 
If we can feed prisoners for free, we ought to be able to feed children for free. Anyway, that's why those schools stay open year-round to be able to feed children. Hunger is a longing hurt, isn't it? Look down at verse number five. Hungry and thirsty. Look at this. Their soul fainted in them. Now we know if, if a person stays hungry and thirsty long enough that their body is going to wither. But he's not talking about their body. Hungry and thirsty, their soul faints within them. Their soul is withering on a vine that is supposed to provide nutrients for them. Did you know that a percentage of the offering that you give every single week goes to our association where we join forces with churches all over this area to be able to help those who are hungry, those who are homeless, and those who are hidden. In fact, this, well, not only do, you, do we give that, we also give another uh, percentage directly to the Hillcrest Ministry Resource Center to be able to provide those things. In May, this past May, we provided food for 297 people. We gave away almost 3,000 pieces of clothing. We gave away 11 fans and 5 beds to boot. There's a need in this area. And there's a need for us to do more. I, I, I just think there's, there's more that we can do than just throw money at something. I, I think it has to go beyond appeasing our own hearts to say that we've helped with something just simply because we've given an offering. Our WMU ladies right now have a project that's going on that you can get in on if you want to. They will give you a bucket and a list. And for $22, you can fill that bucket all the way up and help families that are trying to get right back on their feet just like this. There used to be a day where we didn't just give money to Mission Columbus. We went down there and helped Mission Columbus. Now I'll tell you, my whole hip problem started by helping at Mission Columbus. <laughs> Do not let that deter you. When I have opportunity to go back to Mission Columbus, I'm going. Because there are needs in our area that are physical. But physical needs lead to emotional needs. And emotional needs lead to great spiritual needs. And we do those things in the name of Jesus and for the gospel's sake. So I said I had two questions. One is, when I come to this passage, I want to know, who are these people? What are they like? And the Bible gives me that threefold description of this group that we simply call the poor. But the second question that I have is, what happens when they cry out to the Lord? That's what you find. When we, when we begin to dig into Psalm number 107, what you're going to discover is, is that there are a pair of verses that are repeated in each one of these four sections. In this one that we're in today, it's verse 6 and verse number 8. 
And again and again and again, you find this pattern continuing, a a fourfold pattern that I want to give to you. Let me say this. Well, let me just get into it. Number one, the poor are grieved. That's the first step in this process. The poor are grieved. Now, I'm reminded when I look in verse number 5 that these are people whose souls are fainting within them. And then notice what they did. Notice verse number 6, and it begins with the word then. Then. You know, just like my dad said, said, we were poor and we didn't know it. There are people who are poor and hungry and needy and desperate and their souls are withering and yet they do not know it. One of the saddest verses in all of the Bible says of Samson that the presence of God left him and he didn't know it. One of the greatest problems that our church, and maybe every church faces, is a loss of the presence of God without knowing it. We have learned how to do church without the Lord. We can sing songs and preach sermons. And the presence of God be far from us. We're in deep, desperate need. And some of us don't even know it. What a great message of hope as Pastor Tim teaches how God intervened and made great provision for those living in desperation. God has redeeming love for all of us and desires a personal relationship with each one of us. Pastor Tim would love to connect with you. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. Britt David is located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Join us again for part two of the message, God Feeds the Poor, right here on Brit David Podcast.